1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we gear up for another busy weekend of Scottish football. Celtic will be without Tom Rogic for the visit of Livingston. Stephen Gerrard's defending Rangers' recent record amid recent criticism and Hearts and Dundee United will be looking to keep up the pressure at the top when they play Aberdeen and St Johnston respectively. I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Marvin Bartley and Hugh Keevans. I don't want to upset the guy standing to my left because he looked twice my size. But what a symbolic moment it would be for Ange Postacoglu tomorrow if Celtic beat Livingston and go top of the league. That would be what you'd call a transformation, even if it only lasts for 21 hours until the end of Rangers game at Motherwell. But after wacky Wednesday, who knows what's going to happen next in this league. And remember... Livy have already beaten Celtic this season Did I talk my way out of that one? <laughs> I was going to say that was a good save He's yeah, not even yeah. met you before He's written you off straight away But he's, he's pulled it back at the end But whatever way you look at it Marvin It's going to be a, an interesting weekend ahead Yeah definitely You know there's some top top fixtures there And as Hugh said you know The, the one obviously I've got my eyes on mainly Is the, is the Celtic Park uh, for us But yeah it's a, a fantastic fixture list You know Ross County coming off the back of a you know a 5 nil win uh, Hibs travel there We played them last week They actually played really really well And we're unlucky not to get a point out of the game So you know, that's another one that kind of catches my eye 0141-951-1025 What catches your eye? Let us know on the phone lines or on Twitter uh, It's going to be a huge weekend Like we said, the five games tomorrow Then the big one um, in Lanarkshire If the rain wow. behaves itself <laughs> uh, On Sunday, Mullerwell against Rangers That's the Sunday game before we even get to that As Marvin says At Livingston Heading to Celtic Park tomorrow No Tom Rogic For the next few weeks Celtic fans How big a blow is that Given the way He's been playing How do you fix that problem Pick your team Find us a solution And what would it mean To go top of the table Even if it is just for a while What would that mean to you After a, a transitional period And I suppose a few weeks ago It maybe didn't look All that likely uh, You Rangers fans out there Stephen Gerrard He's been uh, defending the, the club's recent record After some criticism in the wake of that draw Against Aberdeen um, If you thought that the penalty award uh, At the end of the Aberdeen game Would blow over after one day Hugh Keevans You would be extremely wrong That's not the way no. we roll in Glasgow uh, Stephen Gerrard's been speaking about it today So whatever is on your mind Now is a great time to share it 0141 951 Pick up the phone right now Speak to Marvin Bartley and Hugh Keevans And let them know how you're feeling Ahead of the weekend You you and the Who's in charge tomorrow Is David Martindale Banned or what He's, He got sent off The other night didn't he Yeah I'm not sure uh, What's happening with that Obviously the gaffer's Always in charge No matter what So it's whether he's On the touchline Shouting or he's In the stand shouting You but hear him anyway the, wouldn't Yeah you? the boys yeah. will hear him Either way Even if he's on the coach So yeah I'm not too sure Obviously we'll go to uh, Pre-match and stuff tomorrow And I'll kind of find out Where mm-hmm. he'll be based But I do know By the time I'd left the, uh, the, the ground today After training That I wasn't any of the wiser as to what was happening tomorrow. I don't think anything came through yet. Yeah. All right, let's hear from you a lot on the phones. 01419511025. That is the, this, the big game in Glasgow on Saturday afternoon. So let's start there. Celtic fans, how big a blow is Tom Rogic's injury? How do you replace him? What does the midfield look like without him? And what would it mean? Do you, do you read anything into the fact that you can go top tomorrow? Or is that just symbolic nonsense that can wait for a bit later on in the season? You let us... Uh, no, Hugh Keevans and Marvin are here uh, Hugh, either way, it's going to be a fantastic weekend, isn't it? Well, I thought that Wednesday night was the most entertaining round of fixtures of the season so far There were 
uh, terrific results uh, Celtic going to Easter Road for the first half at, at least the performance level was terrific when Rogic went off I thought the performance level dropped uh, and then Celtic had to do more of the defensive side of the game uh, I thought Aberdeen at Ibrox were exceptional uh, Ross County <laughs> goodness me hadn't won a game all season and then win 5-0 at Dens Park and included among those five goals contenders for goal of the season so if we get more of that tomorrow we'll have an absolutely great day uh, OK, let's hear from Ange Postacoglu As we said, Celtic will be without Tom Rogic Until after the international break He's clearly been in impressive form He was forced off at Easter Road with a hamstring problem But the manager instead is looking at the positives We're scared on his hamstring It's you know, it's it's going to put him out for at least a, <coughs> two to three weeks um, It's not a major one But he yeah, definitely won't be involved uh, You know um, in these games um, and then obviously we've got the international window which means you know everything goes to plan he should be available once we get back from that all injuries are frustrating but flip side of that is I think Tommy's probably played more football in his first couple of months than he has for quite a while so it's probably due a spell anyway um, certainly in my mind uh, he's him and him, Dave Turnbull uh, in particular because Cal obviously had a bit of time out with his injury they, they've been carrying the burden of the midfield so to be honest with you, even if he had got through, I probably wouldn't have played him tomorrow. There we go. He was due a rest yeah. anyway, Hugh Keevans. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure if he'd have left him out after his performance at Easter Road. Uh, for that first half, Celtic were unplayable. Uh, and then, as always with Celtic, a straightforward bread and butter corner kick, not defended properly, and Hibs get their goal. So uh, they are still an enigma, but... If they go top tomorrow Begging Mars pardon If they go top <laughs> tomorrow What a difference You know from the first day of the season uh, Losing 2-1 to Hearts at Tynecastle To this moment Three months The transformation under Ange Postacoglu Has been immense And he deserves tremendous credit For holding all this together Because at the start of the season It was chaos uh, Marvin is there any doubt From a Livy perspective A Celtic team without Tom Rogic Is obviously that bit weaker Not to say they don't have Very good players But he's been in good form Hasn't he? Yeah he is And he's a, he's a fantastic player I remember when I first Came up here and played against him I couldn't actually believe How good he was Really? You know He could see the ball But he could never get it off him You know He always had his body Between you and the ball uh, A fantastic left foot You know Get himself out of situations That you think were impossible You go and close him You'll turn the other way Physically very strong I know he doesn't look like The biggest of guys In terms of his uh, stru structure I know he's very very tall But honestly He was so so strong But for us going forward Looking at tomorrow Obviously, you know, they're a weaker team without him, but they're still a fantastic side. You know, I think Beaton will probably come into the holding midfield and then McGregor moves on, who yeah. for me is, again, a wonderful, wonderful player. So doesn't really get that much easier for us, does it? Right, 01419511025. John is a Celtic fan on the line. John, to kick us off, how big a blow is that to be without Tom Rogic for a couple of weeks? How important has he been? Oh, he's been brilliant. He's, I've always, he's always been one of my favourite players. He's, as Marvin says, yeah, he's some player, not I mean, uh, you'll, you'll miss him, but I'm just hoping, would you call it, it's not too big a blow in the can, as, as you said there, maybe Callum will push on one and their beat on will come in. Do you think that is the, is that the solution, John? I mean, the manager said there he was thinking about resting Tom Rogic anyway because him and David Turnbull um, have been playing a lot of football for Celtic. Is that the, is that the solution tomorrow? I think so, I, but I mean, I agree with the manager in a way, but maybe it's a bit tongue-in-cheek because he's injured, but as he said there, I mean, 
the last couple of years, Rogic has not really f- f- uh, f- featured a lot as much of the game. He's always brought him off at the 60th, 70th minute, mate. You know what I mean? But I think uh, he drew a rest, but I, would, I, wish, I would still wish he was playing the morrow. So yeah. yeah, Hugh, I mean, the. <laughs> it's funny because Marvin will. And, and managers, coaches of other clubs would be scoffing as if it's a big problem given the resources that the likes of Celtic and Rangers have and uh-huh. the other uh, players that, that can come in. But he has been key to what Celtic have been doing yeah. recently. Yeah, when you're hot, you're hot. Mm-hmm. And you don't leave him out tomorrow uh, unless he's injured. I, I don't believe that Ange Postacoglu would have rested him after the display at Easter Road. He'd have wanted him there because the 60,000 who'll be there tomorrow want to see him there. Uh, he's central to what Celtic are doing at the moment So yeah it's a blow uh, mm. But as Marvin said You bring in Beaton Callum McGregor goes forward uh, And Celtic know the incentive John on the line knows the incentive Ange Postacoglu although he'll play it down Knows the incentive Even if it's only for 21 mm. hours Top of the league Marvin the, I certainly don't expect you to give away the game plan And I don't want to to risk the wrath of David Martindale Phoning us up and getting us in trouble for it What is the challenge like of going there tomorrow for your Livingston team? It's a massive challenge, you know It's one of the games you go into knowing that if they perform at the levels they can You know, you don't win the game You know, if we perform to our best and they perform to their best You know, we don't win Celtic, because you talk about resources and the players that they do have What you do have to try and do is put them out of their stride you do have to try and make it a difficult game for them for as long as possible. And then you hope to nick something, as, as Hugh was saying earlier, maybe on a set play or something like that. Um, but you need them to have off days. You need three or four of their players to have off days because, as I said, they're so strong as a team. The resources that they do have, the players they do have coming off the bench, you do need a little bit of luck along the to, way. To describe it as an off day, the last time Celtic played Livingston would be an understatement. There wasn't a pass mark in the Celtic team that day. How much of that is down to Livy, though, Marvin? And how much... I mean, we're clearly stating the obvious here about... Yeah. How the challenge changes from being in If the game's in Livingston compared yeah. to Glasgow Why is that so stark that the contrast at times? Well first you talk about an off day They had 73% possession yeah. So you know <laughs> That's not bad for an off day if we're going to call it one of those But listen we, we train on our pitch every day Each and every day I know how difficult it is going to play on an artificial pitch When I was at Hibs and I was going to play against Livingston, Kilmarnock etc So that gives us the first advantage It's a lot tighter in terms of the pitch There's not that much space mm-hmm. So it allows us to get a little bit closer to them. Going to Celtic Park tomorrow, which is going to be a carpet, it's going to be greasy, it's going to be fast, it's a huge pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it completely different, the space element of it as well? You yeah. know, Maybe people don't fully appreciate that and think pitches are all the same size, that sort of thing. No, is that- no, it's a, it's a huge, huge difference. Um, you know, Especially when you talk about the, the speed that Celtic can switch to play, going from right to left. On our pitch, it's a little bit easier for us to transition from one side to the other and get a little bit tighter. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as, as defenders and midfielders, you know you have to tuck across. And when they get to someone like Callum McGregor, you can hit a sixty-yard diagonal, and then all of a sudden they're out the other side, and then you've got you know a barder or, or running mm-hmm. at your full pace. You know, it's not an easy thing mm-hmm. to defend. Um, so yeah, it does change massively. You know, going from one pitch to the other. John, the incentive, as Hugh keeps calling it, is there: win the game tomorrow, go top of the league, even for uh, twenty-one hours. Is that is that something that means a lot to you at the moment, or is that something that you think waits for a later day? Uh, can I just say uh, rest in peace Walter Smith I, I hated you when you were the Rangers manager but you were a lovely man I loved the friendship you brought the divide with Tommy Burns and God rest you may you rest in peace Walter so you do but as I said uh, I think it will be a very incentive because the Rangers are not playing well now and obviously they're getting a few honest mistakes going their way but 
the end of the day, I think it could be a big, a big boost for Celtic and it's psychological the more if Celtic go top of the league. Which, sorry, Marvin, but I think we'll take a few off you tomorrow. Cheers, John. <laughs> Cheers, mate. You're going to get that all night, aren't you? Come on, yeah. Livy fans, phone in, defend your team. You know, at the start of the season, when Celtic lost to Hearts day one, uh, it's then followed by the likes of the result against Livingston and surrounding Ange Postacoglu was the Ange ball controversy. You know, the, the players respond to the system. Can it work? Uh, the defensive frailty, it was all there. In three months, he has taken them on a helter-skelter. But if they can win tomorrow, if, then they go top of the league. As I say, if it was for an hour, it would mean a lot to John and the other Celtic supporters. I mean, we always talk about perception, Marvin, and, and maybe we do get knee-jerk both in a positive and a negative sense, but it would be exactly, uh, well, a month and three days, wouldn't it, I think? Let me look at the calendar. It's in Celtic drew at home to Dundee United, 26th of... Of September, yeah, so pretty much right, a month yeah. ago. Now on that afternoon, I remember the reaction, and if we had offered the suggestion that in one month's time Celtic could win a game to go top of the league, even having played, you know, one more game, it, it probably seemed unlikely at that stage. Yeah, and this is why we love football because things can change ever so quickly. As we're seeing, like you said, a month and three days ago, nobody would have ever thought this could have happened. But in defence of Ange, it's been very, very difficult because he came in really late. Obviously, we know about the Eddie Howe How saga. He came in a lot later than Celtic wanted to bring a manager in. So he was trying to get his kind of his points across and implement them to the players. And it took a lot longer than obviously he wanted to. You know, he's trying to bring players in, etc. And now you can see them. And then are they firing on all cylinders? No, I think they can get a little bit better. I think defensively they can be a bit tighter. And that's be something that Ange is looking at. But as a manager, I think he's been fantastic. Mm. You know, he's always come out and been very, very honest. And he's got his players playing the way he wants them to play now. And you know, that's why they've got themselves into this position. And massive, massive respect to him. Because at times he was facing flack and he never went away from you know, his philosophy. And he, he, he believed in it. And like I said, they can go top tomorrow. Hopefully they don't because we take three points, but, you know, it's still an option for them. Uh, Marvin Bartley and Hugh Keevans, thank you to John. 01419511025. Some interesting stuff from Steven Gerrard today. Uh, quite a strong defence of Rangers' recent records. Both speaks about some of the controversy against Aberdeen midweek as well. You can hear them next, so get your calls in. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Hugh Keevans are here It's 01419511025 on the phones It's at Clyde SSB on Twitter Big weekend of football coming up And the big games just roll from one into the next It was a huge Wednesday night uh, Lots of, what should we say, fallout from Rangers dropping points at home to Aberdeen uh, Conceded an early goal as they did in the game before that But the manager On the defensive today Says the suggestion That players aren't performing Is far from true From the inside I see a, a group of boys That are willing to work hard And fight uh, As hard as they can um, It's an absolute pleasure To work with a team That's lost one League domestic game In 50 um, I haven't heard that Or seen that written uh, On the outside So I think sometimes It's, it's, it's a case of perception um, but in my job, I believe there's a lot of fights, there's a lot of characters, there's a lot of good players in my group. Um, and I've got every belief and confidence that we can move forward. Yes, we've got issues to fix and address. Uh, yes, we've had some setbacks and some challenging times, fixtures and results together. Um, I always like to be honest. But what I would say is I think your personal opinions come from perception and noise from the outside of this group. 
It's perception and noise from the outside of the group James, who's a Rangers fan on the line Do you agree with that? Uh, oh, I don't like to disagree with Stephen Gerrard But I'm really close to the night um, I think I've kind of been saying this from the start of the season Regarding How, uh, how, how energised we are on the pitch Because last season we were blowing teams away Within the first 20 minutes of the game Now we're trying to fight for a recovery The last whistle And I just I don't know I, I just think there's a big, a big attitude change. Not that people don't want to be there. I don't mean that, but just last season they would have been turned up expecting to win. Now we're going up against teams who are sort of closest in the league, so I'm hoping to get a win. I just think it's purely down to how how quick we are out of the blocks and how how much drive we've got. And I think he's kind of touched on a wee bit there that he's aware there's been issues, there's been some challenges regarding victors and stuff, but even from the start the, the Champions League qualifiers and stuff like that I just I just think we're not on it and I was on the show at the start of the season talking about we need to make sure that um, we start the season strong and we go after it and I just I'm worried now that after Celtic's alleged poor start of the season we're about to be second in lead to them after tomorrow um, if all goes to plan for them but I, I think there's a big gap somewhere Maybe the word perception is an interesting one, Hugh, because we've played one round of fixtures now. It's quite, an, it's quite usually quite a good indication, of, you know, of where we're at. And Rangers are top. Yeah, I think clearly the concern from James and other Rangers fans is that by the time two rounds of fixtures come round, that they won't be. I think that's it, rather than overreacting right now. Steven Gerrard likes to use the expression "the numbers." And he was entitled to use the number that he used there. I think if I picked him up correctly, he said one defeat in fifty games. You can make numbers do anything for you. On the other side of the coin, Rangers did not lose a game at Ibrox Knoll of last season. And now they've dropped six points at home. They had thirteen goals lost over the entire season last season. Now they've lost ten in eleven games. So you can d- make the numbers do anything you like. They're not at their absolute best But by Sunday If things went according to plan They would go back on top over Celtic Because I expect With all due respect to Marvin I expect Celtic to win at home tomorrow I also expect Rangers to beat Motherwell At Fair Park So I think it's just the, the nature of the business We're getting caught up The Rangers fans are slightly surprised They thought that Ange Postacoglu Given all of Celtic's problems Having to bring in players on the hoof they thought that Celtic would be way behind them now And they're a bit perturbed to find that Celtic are mm. not behind them In fact, could be above them by tomorrow I mean, Marvin, maybe we're back to this old thing though And, and Hugh's right that if, if you're comparing numbers to last season Then obviously they're down But maybe last year was just an unattainable set of, of numbers um, Or maybe James is right That there is something that's, that he feels is missing no, of course, looking at Rangers last season, you know they set records. It was absolutely unbelievable. There was no chance that they were going to be able to do that again this season because they were that good. And the thing you have to remember, Rangers were that good last season that every team that comes to play against them this season is work, working even harder in training. You know The analysts are working even harder trying to find a way to stop them. So it's not just the Rangers going out there and playing against nobody. You've got teams coming up to play against you that are sitting behind the ball, and that's ever so difficult. No matter how good your team is, you know, if you've got 11 players of the opposition sitting mm-hmm. behind the ball, it's very, very difficult to break them down. Everyone knows when you go to Ibrox, this is our plan, I think, mm-hmm. other than Celtic, everyone else's plan. You go there to try and quiet the fans down first and foremost mm-hmm. because the place is bouncing at the start of games for the first 20 minutes. Then you try and edge your way into the game 
And then, you know, the fans, because they are expecting, and rightly so they should, because, you know, Rangers and Celtic are massive football clubs, they almost, there's that edginess there. Mm-hmm. And when you hear that as an opposition player, you think, right, mm-hmm. we've got an in here. Is that where, though, the, maybe the shock and disappointment comes from Wednesday? Because Aberdeen didn't sit and try and, you know, ease themselves into the game. They went 2-0 up quickly. That's not yeah. a position Rangers have found themselves in too often. No, but with that adversity, they came back and drew the game 2-2. I know they got a penalty late on and could speak about the penalty and everything else, but they didn't drop points. Again, being 2 0 down and, and getting. They'll drop points, but then well, lose, yeah. lose the game. Yeah. Being 2 0 down and, and, you know, coming back to 2 2, you know, the start of the game, would Rangers fans have accepted that? No. But 2 0 down, mm. you know, you do accept a point out of the game. And as I said, these teams, everyone's going there. It's your, your cup final. It's a huge game for everybody. You, your fans, you know, people watching on television, whatever else it might be. It's absolutely massive when you go to Ibrox. And this is the thing. I think it was a lot easier for maybe Rangers players last season without the fans in there. Because they could go and play the game. If they were scoring in the 85th minute, it didn't really matter because, you know, the noises weren't changing from outside, you know. But now, obviously, you know, as I said, the fans do expect. So it gets a little bit edgy if they, you know, they're not ahead or they're not playing well at the start of games. Uh, so, James, the glass half full explanation is well, we're still top and Ryan Kent's to come back and Ryan Jack will come back. And this is what champions do. They, they find ways and it's not always pretty, etc, etc. You, you've heard it all. Why, does none of that give you confidence at the moment? Um, I'm certainly looking forward for the absentees to come back because I think they certainly improved the team. But I, I'm maybe just not explaining myself clearly. It's not about personnel. It's not about the the results and the numbers where we are right now. I just think there's probably the easiest way I can think of it is that last season, I think a lot of teams came to worried about how much of a beating they would take. Whereas now they're coming with a thinking, well, listen, we may be looking at something. Um, as Marvin was just saying about can in, holding back, etc. Teams did that last season, and we were two, three, four, nothing up at half time. So it was just a far more clinical edge up front. I've seen the numbers after the half game about 27 attacks on goal, and we got one goal out of it. And it's like that you you give, and the comparisons to the um, is you give Celtic 27 chances in one game, they're scoring a lot more than one goal. And it's whatever it is, the, the difference seems to be that last season we were just far more clinical. And it's, I, I, don't, I don't get what it is, but it just seems to be there's no there's no sharpness up front that there used to there was last season. Same personnel except for mm-hmm. Kent, but yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's certainly it's a, I hope the the absentees make a big difference when they come back. But I still think we've got a squad good enough right now, but this shouldn't be an issue. We lose two or three players. Yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting few weeks, James. Thank you for taking the time this evening. Uh, let's hear a bit more from Stephen Gerrard. In case you hadn't heard, there was a, a much talked about penalty given to Rangers. Yeah, yeah, just uh, you must have, uh, you must have escaped you uh, against Aberdeen uh, during the week. Stephen Glass also wasn't happy with the first goal coming from a, a free kick that he didn't agree with. Um, again, though, back to that P word, not that one, you cheeky mm. <laughs> perception. I've heard that a lot, but again, it comes from the outside and it normally comes amongst a, a social media crowd from opposition teams. When VAR is in, um, it will take all them um, opposition opinions away from coming my direction. But look, um, there's a clear sheer pull. I know the, the, the one you're alluding to. There's a sheer pull. Whether that was enough to be a penalty or not, that was John Beaton's decision, not my own. Um, it went our way. And um, I'm sure every manager will say the same thing over the course of a season. Some you get, and they'll, uh, you, you'll feel like, you know, maybe the luck went your way. And there'll be times when you think you should have got something, and you never, and you feel a bit of an injustice. Over the course of a, a 38 league game, you're going to get some and some you won't. 
Got then Hugh Episode yep. 453 of the season already um, Yeah, one person, one vote I thought it was an absolute free kick for Rangers And the ball came over Morella scored I have no problem at all with the award of the free kick I don't think it was a penalty I just do not think there was enough contact To make Sakala go down in the fashion in which he did So I agree with the referee decision that led to Rangers' first goal. I disagree mm. with the referee's decision that led to the penalty. Now let's bring in Alec and Airdrie, and we'll get Marvin's thoughts in a second. Alec, take it away. Oh, hi there. Um, uh, how you doing, guys? Um, well, first of all, I, I, I disagree with the comment that you've just made, mm-hmm. uh, Q, that uh, you didn't think it was a penalty. It was an absolute stonewall penalty from where I and many others were sitting in the Sandy Jardin stand. Uh, the, the guy nearly pulled Sakala's shirt off. It was an absolute stonewall penalty. No question about it. And the referee got it right. And I read in a newspaper today that uh, uh, a grade one referee, Conroy, said that we, we really need VAR to decide. He didn't need VAR to, to, to decide whether that was a penalty or not. There should be absolutely no... There's been controversy going on now for the last two days about this. Absolutely. Okay, there may have been different angles uh, that the camera showed uh, of replays. Maybe if it was taken from 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 the front of Sakala, uh, you wouldn't see the shirt pull. But from where the referee was in a an, perfect view, and the shirt was nearly pulled off the guy's back, so. No question, it was a stonewall penalty, Hugh. This is where these debates, they genuinely do get out of control. And by the way, these are our currency. That That's not lost on me. I, I know uh-huh. the, the controversy, the drama, the debate. Um, but obviously you're going to end up going round in circles because Alec, which is fine, it's his opinion, says it's stonewall and almost took the shirt off Sakala's back. Yeah. And you've got other people who not only don't think it was a penalty, think it's the worst decision ever and, and you know, and something needs done about it and all the rest of it. Clearly, you know those are both clearly too extreme, Marvin. What was your take on it? Hugh says not enough for him. I, I agree with Hugh. Um, I didn't think there was was enough for a penalty. Obviously, I've I've seen it once. Mm-hmm. I've just seen the video, um, or kind of the highlights, and I I just didn't I didn't mm-hmm. think there was enough contact. I think if you know if you're giving penalties for that, you're going to be giving a lot of penalties mm-hmm. in the game. You know, there's a lot of grappling that goes on in the box, and I just didn't feel there was enough, as Hugh said, you yeah. know, to give a penalty. Yeah, I think that. I've heard that before, you know, as well, because there's and someone sent keep sending me, um, you know, an earlier one in the game, and John Lundstrom's holding. I think it's Lewis Ferguson or whatever it was. That that may be the case, but once there is that shirt pull, does it give you less of a case for the defence? Do you know what I mean? Like whether whether it's enough or not. Nowadays, once you see that shirt, are you surprised that it's given? Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, that one, that incident, I was surprised it was given. I get what you're saying. Sometimes, there, you know, there is shirt pulls. Um, similar to everyone in the season when someone's shirt was pulled and then the ball comes in and he lets go of the player. I just didn't think that there, that there was mm-hmm. enough. You know, it's, it's kind of that simple. And I was like, that's only my opinion of it. As you said, football's yep. a game based on opinions. Yeah. VAR, would they have turned that over? I, I think they would have. I don't really know. though, because that, but then that's the whole thing, isn't it? About it. It, once you look at that back, it becomes almost a different test, doesn't it? Because the refs made the decision and then yep. the VAR idea is supposed to be, was it a clear and obvious error? If he goes to that screen, sees a, a, a pull of a shirt... Do you think he? Do you think he concludes that that's a clear and obvious error? Yeah, I think they'll, they'll make the referee look at it again. I think that it's not just the pull of the shirt. There has to be enough to you know put you off what you're doing. It can't just be a, a touch of the yeah. shirt because, yeah. as I said, you know, going to get a lot of penalties. Sorry. All, all opinions are non-negotiable. Marvin's mm. opinion is non-negotiable, as is mine, as is Alec on the line. Now, 
Having said that, Alex says he almost had the shirt off his back. I mean, that that's simply a total misrepresentation of what took place. Alex? No, it's not, not you. That, that's not a total misrepresentation. To describe it as no contact, how can a, sh- a shirt pull as, as blatantly as that possibly be described as no contact? I did not use that expression. Marvin and myself both said not enough so you acknowledge the existence of I do The shock pool I yes. do um, Okay uh, I mean incidentally uh, I've had a, a message in From a, a very influential figure At a Scottish Premiership club Who will remain nameless But will become very obvious uh-huh. Who I'm talking about Because it's Glasgow Because it's Rangers Because it's Celtic These things get Get magnified And spoken about And as Alex says You know we're still talking about it A couple of days on Because Stephen Gerrard's Asked about it uh-huh. Um you're seeing bad decisions. Look at look at Liam Kelly getting told yeah, to yeah, yeah. to retake the penalty at Fir Park. That's who the texter uh, you know once yeah. brought up. And he's um, right. And, and he's absolutely right. And, and Graham Alexander in previous weeks has gone. Oh, the goal at Ibrox was offside. Um, the penalty that Hearts got, he didn't. He, he thought that was soft and so on. So every man, every every set of fans on the planet can come up with a list of these misdemeanors. Yeah. I, I just and we always present them as if they're fact and as if that's then proof that. That this is see, going for us or against us If we had VAR again Liam Kelly's uh, moment at The first penalty kick From Eamon Brophy The referee would have looked at it And thought He's still got one foot in the line uh, So That's the end of the matter the, No penalty No goal um, So You know Alec talks about We've been talking about this for two days We've been talking about England winning the World Cup Since 1966 <laughs> Uh, to be fair though, and, and I agree with Alec to an extent I think clearly we do Kick the backside out of incidents For, for too long at times But it You know it's Without boring people That's the news cycle so Stephen Gerrard's asked about it Stephen Gerrard then speaks strongly on it yeah. Then then that becomes news And, and it keeps it there And, and it keeps going So you're, you're hardly going to then ignore it um, Marvin I think we spoke about it The last time you were on the show The clubs are about to vote on VAR I know you said I think from memory That, that you weren't keen uh, But it looks like There's an inevitability about it now Doesn't it? Yeah I wasn't keen If I was carrying on playing That's why I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to be suspended Every other game But no look The, the clubs are going to vote on it And if they think it's the right thing For our game to take it forward Then I'm all mm. for it You know it's all about The Scottish game and, and everyone as a whole You know the Premier League teams If it's going to make our league better mm-hmm. Then do it But I, I kind of like The kind of controversy I kind of like You know referees are only human and they do make mistakes and that's just part of the game you know it's happened you know before I came up here and it probably happened after even with VAR let's be honest VAR in England didn't sort every problem out well that's the thing I think for people who like controversy it's not going to take it away what it will do is those so called if there is such a thing the so called black and white ones Liam Kelly has his foot off the line the other night no it's not Offsides should tidy them up yeah. But we would still argue about the Sakala penalty And, yeah, and so on So no, don't worry we'll be arguing for <laughs> many years to Marvin, come Marvin now knows the terrain here Because uh, once you're here for a short space of time You understand everybody argues about everything And we wouldn't have it any other way Alec and Airdrie it was a pleasure 01419511025 We'll take more of your calls next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Marvin Bartley are here 0141-951-1025 on the line I'm actually keeping a tally of how many times Hugh Keevans says that No disrespect to Marvin but I think Celtic will win tomorrow We're at 7 so far uh, So we'll see how we get on um, Interestingly Hugh you're in interesting surroundings This studio unbeknown to us has been 
yeah. decorated Halloween stuff. Have you got your player 001 from Squid Game tracksuit looked out for tomorrow? Not yet, not yet. My grandchildren are laughing. Have you like seen dreams. this yet, Marvin? No. Have you seen Squid Game? Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of episodes. Do you not think he's like player 001, <laughs> the old guy <laughs> with the marbles? So we're gonna, he moves better. You move better than him. We were going to get him the tracksuit for tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we get on. I don't know if the budget stretches that far. Let's. Uh, Felix is on the line, but I think Martin was through uh, just before that. So we'll bring in Martin, who is a Rangers fan. What's on your mind tonight, Martin? It was just about the, the game and the overall state of football, or the overall state of football could appear mm-hmm. um, at later stages. Now I'm 34, so I, I kind of got the, the tail end. Of when football was a bit more physical, we can say that. Um, and it seems over the last 20 years, there's more rules coming out of play. Can't do this, can't do that. And I've never been one for players showing their studs or anything like that. But to, the, to get to the point where a simple tug in the shirt or leaning against a player to try and put them off is getting filled, is getting you know rather annoying. I like football for the physical contact and the speed, but games just keep getting held up by needless. Not needless, but the fouls are just ridiculous now. I mean, like for instance, that was only a very minute shirt pull. I'm happy because the penalty, of course I am, but it was a minute shirt pull, a bit more dramatic than it should have been. And if we were giving penalties for that, we might as well get start giving penalties for when lean into each other in the box when there's crosses or corners coming in because a player can't get into the ball, so he leans into a player to try and put him off. That might as well be a penalty as well. Um, and the, and the holding in the boxes that might as well be a penalty as well it's just mm-hmm. the, the game slows too much because of these things that probably shouldn't be a foul in my opinion probably shouldn't be a foul just let the game run there you are Never let it be said to you That we don't hear all opinions On Clyde yeah. One Super Scoreboard In the space of five minutes One Rangers fan was concerned That Sakala's shirt Was almost taken off his back And Martin Who's also a Rangers fan Says Actually don't think it was a penalty But I'm happy we got it So well, There we go I don't think uh, That we've taken The physicality of the game I think we, Oh we must have to an extent uh, though Well and st- not, not just not, That's not a reflection On just Rangers the other night I'm just mean generally Yeah I saw a tackle uh, On Callum McGregor By Ryan Portis mm. On Wednesday night That dearie me uh, So that tells me That it's not all Out of the game I think we're dealing With a 21st century yeah, but Is that not the point though Because in your day So to speak uh-huh. You wouldn't have mentioned That tackle No you know, It wouldn't have been Talked about But now it is But just to go back To Martin's point That he, he said that he just about remembers that era when football was a bit more physical. I, I don't think it's been changed entirely, mm. but I do think we're dealing with a 21st century phenomenon that no matter what happens, uh, it is magnified. Mm-hmm. And it, listen, it's our world as well. There's a bit we, of a social media we impact can, we, there as well. We, Images we, we widely shared. We all contribute. Radio, television, newspaper, social media, we mm. all contribute. And it's not just Scotland. Down the road it's the same story But any incident now Can become the subject of public debate For days or weeks or months on end uh, Yeah I mean I know Marvin you As a tough tackling midfielder <laughs> you, you certainly feel that But I suppose there's a line isn't there No one no one minds about the, the stuff that could injure opponents And tackles from behind And showing studs and flying in Being out of control You can, you can still take that out yeah. Without taking out You know elements of holding And can I, you know that sort of thing yeah like you said in terms of tackling you know it's when you endanger an opponent you know whether you win the ball or not listen I've made tackles that I'm not too proud of when you do win the ball and you kind of go through with the after after making contact with the ball and, and that's been ruled out of the game now and I think rightly so because you know it can put people in danger but I agree you know the slight shirt pull 
for me, I, but I think if that happens, you know, next week, even if it is Rangers, you know, playing against somebody else at Ibrox, I don't think the referee gives it. And that's that's the thing with football. Um, Do you think it's too difficult to to get consistently? You don't think yeah. you, you ever could get that. One way or the other. Of, of course, it's, it's far too difficult to do that because mm. I said, it, you know, I might give someone because of penalty and you might not, mm. and then Hugh might, you know, or sometimes he might, sometimes he might not. Yeah. So it's too difficult for us to say, oh, consistently that is a penalty, that isn't a penalty. We can only give our opinions on it. And as Hugh said, you know, it does then go to social media and people are talking about it and everyone's a, you know, a referee. Everyone knows the rules all of a sudden mm. if it involves our team. We're all the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listen, it's about not endangering players. And, and, and I get that we want the game to be more physical, but it can still be physical, you know, without going through and, and hurting players. Uh, Martin, what about the performance of your team or, or where they're at? I mean, where they're at in the league table is looks good. They're at the top of the table. Your previous Rangers fan was on, uh, acknowledged all that. He said he just felt there was something missing, I think was the way he described it. How do you feel about it at the moment? I tend to agree that there's something missing. I, 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 I think it's players um, were making more errors than we used to. We're giving up possession a bit easier. Some simple passes um, are not going through. I mean, at times, we're only showing very minute of what we did last season. Some of the triangle plays that we're doing with these crisp, short, sharp passing into the box, it's wonderful to see, but I think we're just trying too much. It's almost like we're trying to walk the ball into the box. There's not enough people willing to take a shot on from my opinion, they're just trying to make it so simple where they're just walking the ball over the line and they're just trying too hard. Um, so I think some playing that aspect could be better. I think more confident if he's up front in terms of just have a shot. There's so many times I'm screaming at the team, shot, have a shot, no, there's no three passes, and then the ball's given away. That's what's frustrating. Um, Ken, I think, is a big miss. Granted, before he went off, he wasn't exactly playing at his full level, but we are missing that trickery, that speed, that cutting edge, that you just never know what he's going to do. Whereas the players up front of them all, with all due respect, some of them are fairly similar, and you kind of, mm-hmm. kind of predict what they're going to do. We can a bit more unpredictable. Um, so I'm looking forward to when he comes back Yeah I think lots of your uh, fellow Rangers fans agree Thank you Martin and Falkirk Nice to speak to you Let's go to Felix Who's from Cumbernauld And is a Celtic fan Chance to go top tomorrow Felix Is that something you pay particular attention to or not? Uh, not not paying too much particular attention to it uh, I'd, I'd like to be top of the league uh, As you know when it comes to Celtic and Rangers When they're in second place That's last in Glasgow So De- definitely want to see Celtic win tomorrow uh, Push as hard as they can this season uh, Just really sort of picking up on Sort of Hugh at the start of the show When they said it's a transformation under Postacoglu I-, I still think it is a bit early to say that But we're still very early on in the season When you maybe think about When we played AZ Alkmaar uh, Next game was Rangers And after that we'd a sort of downward spiral Poor turn of results And we've got it back up again I, I do think they sort of missed next two games are sort of crucial to sort of determine if we are going to sort of push on and sort of run Rangers close this year. Uh, Livingston at home and we've got Ferns Havaros away as well so that's definitely going to be a, a, a tough one when it comes to it but pretty much as Poster Coglo said at the start of the season we, we really need to get ourselves to January uh, pretty much sometimes when we've got a few injuries uh, the bench is quite alarming when it comes to sort of Bain, Bitten, Ayeti and Sorrow and things so 
I really do think at the moment the, the results are quite positive. We, we are sort of getting there, but to say it's a transformation at this stage, I, I think we really need to get ourselves to January before we make any assumptions. Hugh Keevens, you're being too complimentary. Yeah. <laughs> Something I never thought I would hear it, you accused of. It is a transformation because when Celtic lost at Tynecastle the previous weekend, they had lost to Mitchelland uh, and the Champions League was a non-starter. Uh, players were coming in. Uh, there was a general air of chaos about the place. Three away games on the bounce were lost. Uh, and Ange Postacoglu... Mm. For some people was a visionary And for others would be out of the but, job uh, by Christmas It's a transformation yeah. if that team and yeah. that man Are top of the yeah. league at this time tomorrow night It's probably been up and down already though Because Hugh references that opening couple of games But remember after that they did win 6 in a row And that yeah. was the 6-0 the against St Mirren uh, The 6-0 against Dundee Then what Felix says, Alkmaar came along Rangers came along um, Betis, Livingston yeah. As you know fine well If we're talking mini Transformations. It's clearly about that last month, isn't it, Marvin? Because the Dundee United draw followed that was a four 0 home defeat to Bayer Leverkusen. Who really thought Celtic would win five in a row after that? Probably not many. Well, I think Ange would have because of the confidence yeah. he does have, and like you say, trans you know, they're transferring from from once obviously that they played under Neil Lennon now playing under Ange. It's, it's it's totally different, and and during that time you are going to lose games. You know, you can't just talk about it and say when you're winning games. At times you're going to lose games and. You know, it does happen, but they're still trying to go out there and attack. And we talk about kind of Celtic's defence. They've got the joint best record defensively mm. in the league. And, you know, still people are saying, oh, the defence looks a bit shaky because they've conceded a few set plays or whatever else. I, I think it's going in the right direction for them. And as Hugh keeps alluding to about tomorrow's game, <laughs> which I'll, I'll, that's one bit I'm not happy about. You know, if they do win tomorrow, they're top of the league. So, mm -hmm. you know, as football fans, we always want more. I get that. But if they win tomorrow, they're top of the league. So you have to give them a pat on the back. Felix, it was nice to speak to you. Hopefully we will do it again soon. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. OK, it's Beat the Pundit time. Marvin Bartley watched on, curiously, the last time he was in the studio, so he knows what Beat the Pundit's all about. Hugh Keevans is rubbish at it this season. He was all right last season. He's in the relegation playoff spot. And if you want to make life worse for him tonight, it's 01419511025. And you have to call before 7 o'clock. The headlines 01419511025. Played one super scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Hugh Keevens are here. It's 01419511025 to join us. Celtic will be without Tom Rogic until after the international break. We're asking you, Celtic fans, how big a blow is that? How would you replace him? How big an incentive is it to potentially go top of the table tomorrow unless Marvin Bartley's Livingston? Have other ideas Steven Gerrard's been speaking about that penalty kick the other night uh, Sort of defending Rangers' recent record as well So Rangers fans, how do you feel about that? And if you've anything else to add Now is a great time to do it 01419511025 Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Okay, Beat the Pundit time Let's see what we've got on the lines tonight Bryden uh, is a Celtic fan and he's never played before Bryden, how's it going? How you doing mate, I'm good, how are you? I know your game Bryden I know you've never been on before but I've already got you sussed You've just waited and waited to the end of October You've seen how bad Hugh Keevans has started the season yeah, You've yeah. thought, 
I want a bit of that. Is that accurate? Exactly. That's exactly that's right, let's man. see how we go. Heads. I, I might do a Malky Mackay. I might come right out of the blue <laughs> and win 5 0. Stranger things have happened. Heads, it will be. Hugh Keevens. Tails, Marvin, whether you like it or not, you're up for it this time. But I, I, we let you stand and watch oh, last time. <laughs> and let me look, look, quickly look through these questions. How Marvin suitable would they be? Easy. I think you'd scoosh this. Right, heads, it's Hugh. Tails, it's Marvin. Oh, I've dropped the coin. That's just, by the way, I got something wrong with me this week. That's twice I've dropped the coin. Okay. What oh, is it? It's tails as well. Pressure. Wow. Pressure. Go on, Marv. Go on, Marv. You're going to get yeah, one. Yeah. You'll get one. I can guarantee that. Right. Okay. Um, we'll give Marvin some Clyde 2 to listen to so that he can't steal the answers. Bryden, 30 seconds on the clock. I remember you can pass, okay? Right, 30 seconds, your time starts now Which Celtic manager stopped Rangers winning 10 in a row in 98? One Janssen Yanis Hadji joined Rangers from a club in which European country? Belgium What two colours make up Livingston's club crest? Black and yellow Name any Scottish top flight side that's been captained by the same player in every league game this season Wow Pass Which SPFL team does Joe Cardle currently play for? Uh, Name any Italian to manage in the Scottish top flight um, Quick uh, Right okay let's bring Marvin back uh, Marvin can you hear us Yeah I can Right you've never played before So I will give you just, just the same clue that I give everyone else See if you don't know the answer Yeah Pass quickly and oh. move on right. The worst thing you can do Is hang around on the ones that you don't know Let's go Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Right, thirty seconds. I'm sweating, but I'm nervous. Ready. Thirty yeah, seconds. I'm nervous. <laughs> uh, t- the first question as well. Anyway, your time starts now. Which Celtic manager stopped Rangers winning ten in a row in 1998? No, Lennon. Yanis Hadji joined Rangers from a club in which European country? Turkey. What two colours make up Livingston's club crest? <laughs> Yellow and black. Name any Scottish top-flight side that's been captained by the same player every game in the league this season. Uh, a pass Which, no, which SPFL not. team Does Joe Cardle Currently play for County Hearts And name any Italian To ever manage In the Scottish top flight uh, I don't know No idea mate Okay Bryden What do you think Oh, oh I might have picked him there Do you think so Cheers oh. Bryden <laughs> Not feeling <laughs> your confidence in. mate uh, <laughs> The and The first one Look what, what were you up to in 1998? I mean, seriously. Yeah. We weren't on your radar yeah. yet. You, you're, we've adopted you now, but Vim Janssen. Right, okay. Um, I mean, I did say 98 and you said Neil Lennon. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yanis Hadji joined Rangers from a club in Belgium. It was Genk. Oh. Uh, so okay. Bryden's 2 0 up at this point. He well, did. He got both of those. He got both of them. Ah, he's on, Bryden, Bryden, you're that. on Google, pal. <laughs> he's a Celtic <laughs> fan. He was always getting Vim Janssen. Um, you knew Livy's Club Crest yeah, Luckily <laughs> It's more black and yellow Yellow and black Name any Scottish top flight side That's been captained by the same player In every league game this season Now this is what This is a teaching moment for you Marvin Yeah yeah right? Paul Hannon's not a team Exactly yeah, right Perfect So see if you just There are only 12 teams So don't pass Just guess one With a yeah, bit of conviction yeah. and go My mind had gone I'd guess Paul Hannon I was uh, under pressure Hearts or St Mirren So Craig Gordon Joe Shaughnessy um, Have played every game Joe Cardle does play For Kelty Hearts uh, It's 2 all At this oh. stage No it's 3-2 Sorry I'm telling lies You're 3-2 yes, You down. can't even count You give me a lesson <laughs> <two down. laughs> Do you know what though I thought just maybe Maybe you would have Pulled it out here Because Bryden didn't get it This was your chance To equalise Name any Italian Do you remember Angelo Alessio At Kilmarnock No Yeah I do 
Og det er også Connors K. Det er Not a Scooby, says Bryden. Well, you had enough of a Scooby <laughs> in the first three. You got ahead and you stayed there. A 3 2. Oh. I think that's respectable enough. No, it's not really. I guess nah. Paul Hannon. I'm disappointed. Bryden, well done. The sign ball's on its way. Cheers, God, my man. Well done, that was Bryden. We're giving these balls away like nobody's business. You, you've been giving loads away, so I thought, right, change of plan tonight. My, Hopefully, Marvin will win. My fear was that Marvin won and would go above me in the league <laughs> table after one. I'm ahead of you, goal difference. I'm ahead of you, goal difference. I'm only minus one. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, I, I think it was. That was all right. Put it this way, you are not. You've not been involved in our madness for that long Yeah And we have had people who have been involved in our madness all their life Who've come on and got zero Yeah but I'm a winner So but I'm still not happy that. That's that mentality Hugh right? yeah. yeah you shouldn't be happy though after that Right 01419511025 At Clyde SSP That's what we should do We should get him on as a contestant yeah. Against you one night <laughs> Does he like his does he, is, is he a is he a, a sort of trivia type football yeah, manager? Quite is, he, is, he quite, is he quite yeah. across all that stuff? He is. He is yeah. definitely quite knowledgeable. I'll probably beat him though, if I'm honest. Is, and he's, um, what was he like to work with? Because we've got this, um, you know, we just love hearing from him. You know, every week he's, he's, he's good value. Everyone who's ever been within five miles of a game knows he's um, <coughs> lively yeah. on the, the touchline. Yeah, he's honest. He's loud. You know, I've got a sponsor with some earplug company now So, you know, it helps me get through it No, listen, he's good He's uh, refreshing for the game Let's call it that way Absolutely um, Right, okay 01419511025 Let's hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu um, As you all know by now Rangers not in action till Sunday Celtic can go top if they beat Marvin's Livingston um, the, Safe to say the Celtic manager though Not getting too caught up with that at the moment Do you get something for that? In In October? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good opportunity for us to continue, um, you know, our good form and our performances have been pretty consistent. And uh, obviously, that's been backed up by the results, which which obviously uh, means we're you know we've moved up the table, which is great. But ultimately, the focus tomorrow is more about just continuing on that progress we've been making. And you know, uh, back at home, um, you know, we want to make sure that. Again, our football is uh, at the levels we need it to be. When it is, then we know we're, you know, we're a good combination of of players who can take it to any opposition. So, you know, that's our aim for tomorrow. Uh, you don't get an award for being top in October, just to, <laughs> he, to clear that up. He has this disconcerting way of putting you right in your place and thinking, "I wish I'd never said that at the start <laughs> of the program." Now, uh, but I stand by what I said. I think for the sixty thousand who'll be there tomorrow. They want to leave the ground saying Celtic are top of the league. I know you get nothing for it, but given what the Celtic fans went through all of last season, watching the entire club implode and having their worries over Ange Postacoglu when he came at first, I think if they are top of the league tomorrow night, albeit for 21 hours, Mm -hmm. the Celtic fans... Will say Yeah we get something for that We get a, a good night's sleep And some satisfaction uh, How do you Lot feel Confidence wise Momentum wise All these buzzwords That we hear around football It was obviously um, You know Had a, a share of the spoils The other night Going down to 10 men um, and, and have picked up Some wins prior to that Where, where are Livy at At the moment No we were very confident Until listening to Hugh today So <laughs> <laughs> all the confidence Is gone No listen We know it's a mammoth task you know, we, we know that we've been on, on good form the last three games, obviously winning two and, and drawing, like you said, after playing 45 minutes with 10 men. But it's a, it's a massive task tomorrow and it's a totally different game. 
uh, playing against Celtic at Celtic Park because, as I said, you know they're, they're going to be right up for it. Um, you know they're in good form. Also, they can go top of the league. All these things that Hughes reminded me of. Um, but we're in a good place and we're confident, and that's all we can do. You can thrive on that right? because there is. It would, it would take something remarkable for Livy to not generally be considered underdogs in the league, right? Even Confidence. although they they, they kind of have earned a bit more respect yeah. than that with with previous league uh, positions. But when the start of the season comes around, people go, "Ah, see, this is ah, this is it. You know, it's oh, it's going to happen this yeah. season, and yeah. the magic dust wears off that sort of thing." Does can can you thrive under that? And is does it just show how easy it can be to quickly turn things around with a couple of wins? Yeah, you have to be. You know, you, you have to be as a player. You have to thrive under kind of that sort of pressure. I know you, you talk about the big teams have got the pressure of trying to win stuff. We've got the pressure of trying to stay up. And we are written off every, you know, the two seasons prior to this one when I've been there, we've been written off. We've been put bottom of a lot of pundits' uh, tables, probably yours as well. But, you know, as play at Hughes, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, 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 I didn't take <laughs> did you not? No, no, I took Ross County to there. No. This season, did you? Yeah. So uh, I incidentally good win for them the other night. Have you told Marvin Bartley just how rancid a tipster oh, I he's am? The worst, he's the worst at predictions. He's <laughs> awful. Absolutely awful. No, that's a good thing. But no, yeah, listen, we, we, we thrive under that, you know. We want to prove people wrong. And, you know, if you if you don't want to do that, you're in the kind of the wrong sport. But, you know, I'm sure the players when they're in that tunnel tomorrow have been there, I've played there, and you know, you get that your heart starts to beat a little bit fast and you want to go out there and perform. This is how bad he is. Do you want to, I've just had the word. Do you know where you tipped Levy to finish this season? No. Sixth. Oh, you're not he's gone optimistic. We're doing all right. He's gone optimistic. Yeah. You will get there. We'll Three see. points tomorrow, and we're yeah. we're right back up there. Uh, right, let's you bring stick in. with me, Marv. <laughs> <laughs> An unlikely duo, you two, I must say. But you're getting on famously tonight, right? Let's bring in Robbie, uh, who is a Celtic fan. Uh, do you get an award for being top in October? That was the answer from your manager, Robbie. What do you, what do you think about that that incentive that's staring the team in the face? Um, I think Ange Postacoglu um, First of all good evening I think Ange Postacoglu has got the right idea here He's not getting too carried away He's uh, he's certainly shown a good mindset To the press when he gets these type of questions I'd like to make a point on the team set up to Hugh go for it. I'll go with what I think He should go with tomorrow Ange Postacoglu And you can give me his take on what, uh, what he'll go with First of all, Hugh, uh, Tom Rogic isn't playing tomorrow. I think he'll push Callum McGregor further forward with David Turnbull. And I think the safer bet in the holding midfield role will probably be near Beaton because James McCarthy has been out for you know two or three weeks with an injury. So I think that'll be the midfield three, Beaton holding with McGregor and Turnbull. Up top, Hugh, I think he's going to go with Jack Amakis. A lot of people don't like Koyogo out wide, but I think he'll actually leave Koyogo on the bench tomorrow and he'll go with Jack Amakis in the middle, Jota on the right, and I think he'll go with Mikey Johnson on the left. I was just wondering which Hugh thinks of that. Well, you've got it right with Near Beaton. Uh, Marvin already expressed his opinion that that's what will happen. Near Beaton will come in in place of Tom Rogic. I would not start with Giacomacus I knew you wouldn't like that bit I just knew it Uh, Kyogo is outstanding Uh, Got another goal midweek against uh, Hibs I just think that Kyogo His movement creates all manner of problems Uh, And you have Giacomacus later in the game If necessary But for me Kyogo Every time Through the middle Marvin agrees He thinks you should leave Kyogo on the bench as well <laughs> Leave more on the bench Leave them more on the bench I mean it, it might well be I don't know We know that We heard Dan And I know Hugh was sort of Taking it with a pinch of salt But 
no reason to really doubt the Celtic manager He said he, he was planning on resting Tom Rogic at some point mm-hmm. Do we have European games Would it be completely unthinkable to leave someone like Kyogo out of this one? Well I hope he does You know, because <laughs> watching him um, Obviously, you know, when I'm seeing him on, on, on the TV and everything else But watching him up close and personal You know, leading up to this game I can't believe how good he is And as Hugh said there, his movement is absolutely fantastic you know, the amount of times he drops into the contact number 10 position, he doesn't get the ball, he doesn't throw his hands in the air, he just moves again. You know, his speed of play when he does get the ball in and around the box is absolutely fabulous. So if he if he does want to rest him, Ange, and if you are listening, you know, <laughs> I think it's a good idea to rest him and, you know, save him for next week. You, you can speak generally here. I've, I've said it already. I, I don't expect you to be completely transparent and give the game plan away completely. Well, how, how do teams approach this, right? So if you are going into the game tomorrow, and it might be Kyogo, or it might be Jackie Marcus who are completely different. As an opposition team, do you do you have kind of plan A and plan B for that? Does your plan change? Do you acknowledge that that one might happen and the other might happen? How how does that process work? Yeah, hundred percent. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing my job. You know, I have to prepare. You know, the defenders especially because I spend a lot of time with them for, for both. Um, you know, and they will be prepared for both. Whether it's you know Kyogo coming out completely or going left or going right, we're we're prepared for it. Now, whether we can go out there and implement the game plan that mm. we've got in our minds is something totally different. But in terms of preparation, you know, the players have been given absolutely everything. Um, you know, they know what to expect, whoever is playing, and, you know, it's just about trying to stop them. Again, that's easier said than done, but definitely, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job unless I prepare mm-hmm. the players for anything. Um, Robbie, you've got a what seems like a, a perfectly reasonable contingency plan for the absence of Tom Rogic. How big a blow is it at the moment, given how well he's pl- been playing? Uh, it's a, a massive blow because he's well. We don't what he done in the first half hour against Hibs. He was totally instrumental in everything. Everything uh, happened, you know, positive for Celtic. And funnily enough, he's always had this record over the seasons with Celtic for actually having injuries. But he's actually held off really for the amount of games he's been playing since the start of the season. He's actually done well to hold off. He's actually proved a lot of people wrong with staying fit for this long. And the injury he's got looks like it's only going to be a couple of weeks. So that's. Uh, not too bad I'd like to say to uh, Marvin About the game plan For his Ludinson I'm just hoping I'm obviously wanting Celtic to win But I'm just hoping That um, Ludinson Don't sit 10 men Behind the ball And be totally defensive I think if Ludinson Are going to go with a game plan They should look for, At Dundee United And how Dundee United Came to Celtic <laughs> I love this This is the beauty of this The night before you the know. game Marvin th- Robbie the Celtic fan Wants to dictate Your game plan to you For no, tomorrow But Robbie's right We're going to come out And you know we're going to attack um, you know the gaffer's talking about starting with five strikers, and, and you know we'll see what happens, Robbie. You know, hopefully we can outscore you guys. Well, I'm not too sure about that, but I'm just looking for a good game and I'm looking for you to come out and, and have it a go. And as I say, Dundee United, if you're looking for a template or, or anything for you, for you, a foundation to come off of, it's that Dundee United that gave came to Celtic Park and gave it a bit of a go at times. Well, they just got the. What about all the other teams that have come and opened <laughs> up and lost six nil, Robbie? I understand that, but they were all, maybe they were more or less defensive. Dundee and what was the other ones? They were all sitting. They were all defensive. Celtic just blew them away. All I'm saying is, come out and have a go, like with Dundee United. But that doesn't sound like you're being too complimentary about your own team. Then, so all you have to do is come and have a go at Celtic, and you think you can get something? Well, no, 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 no. But we can, I'm just saying that for Eleven's point of view, to, to have a better spectacle and, and actually maybe have a chance of winning, have a go. Have a, I'm not. I'm not saying be. Rash and, and you know, forget about defending. I'm just saying, trying to balance it out and try to 
have a go. Dundee United, you know, they didn't slip back, did they? I don't think you've looked at Livingston's recent results. You know, where they've had good away wins, scored three goals in the process, a, a, a decent draw with Dundee United midweek, a Dundee United side uh, that have stunned everyone in the first uh, circuit of the the league. Uh, so th- th- there's no doubt in my mind that Livingston will come to give a good account of themselves. They won't go to Celtic Park. Neither Marvin nor David Martindale would... It wouldn't sit easily with them if, if they brought a side to just Why stonewall Why? You can do what you like. Any team can do what they like. Oh, let's let's try and get something from a game. It, it, it's entirely your prerogative. But I, I just don't believe that if you take that attitude against Celtic at Celtic Park, given that Celtic have won the last five on the bounce, including the game against Ferenc Varos, if you mm. came to Celtic Park with that attitude, you would deserve Marvin, all you got. Marvin, everyone's telling you what to do. We'll just we'll, we'll just give you a couple to of be minutes. Fair, yeah. If they let us borrow Kyogo and a couple of others, we'll come out and attack. There How about go. that? That sounds fair. Robbie, thank you. 01419511025. Uh, we've got a full time teaser, but don't you worry. I trawled through all the questions I had in my folder and I picked one that was Marvin suitable. We're not <laughs> going we're not going nineteen ninety eight Celtic winning managers, nothing like that. He can do this He'll maybe even be better At this one than you So we'll get the question next And more calls Please keep them coming Taking your calls On Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Right don't worry We spent the break We've been on the phone To David Martindale Put him on loudspeaker Marvin, Hugh and I We've got Livy's game plan sorted To suit (laughs) Robbie uh, the Celtic fan So uh, you're going to go Gung-ho tomorrow Open up And uh, we'll see how it goes So keep the calls coming in You don't have to be Telling Marvin How to line up tomorrow uh, Whatever's on your mind Now's a good time To share it uh, I've got a full-time teaser For you It's from Daniel in Norwich Of all places Daniel has sent one in uh, And he says Since the start of 2018 Happy with that already Marvin yeah, we're, in your, we're in your era <laughs> Nine Scotsmen have scored a top flight hat-trick in Scotland. So since the start of 2018, nine Scotsmen have scored a top flight league hat-trick in Scotland. Lee Griffith. Yes. Um, James Forrest. Yes. Well done. Marvin, any that spring to mind? Uh, still writing the question down. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're writing it down, that's a start. Um... So nine Scots who scored a top flight league hat trick in Scotland since twi- since the start of twenty eighteen. Lauren Shankland. No. Eamon Brophy. Nisbet. Yes. Yeah. Same in Brophy. No. Okay, we'll leave it there because you are a third of the way through already. And just a quick reminder that if you like the sound of this, you want to hear your question used on the show like Daniel tonight. The address you need is full time at Clyde John is a Rangers fan. Uh, in Finiston How's it going tonight John? John can you hear us? Hello Hello How are you John? You okay? Yeah, I, it's not Finiston Gordon sorry it's Bridgeton. Oh sorry Bridgeton Easy mistake to make <laughs> Producer Callum eh? They sound the same uh, Take it away John <clears throat> I sorry I did have a call for you eh? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just a wee bit I'm going to go back to the I was talking to the producer earlier on uh, this, this, The last three or four days here I think is absolutely disgraceful the, the fact that the referees have took over that incident at uh, Ibrooks other night there. I really don't think it was such a blatant either penalty for or against. I mean, mistakes, genuine mistakes are made in the game. But Jesus, jumping, Jesus, the, the conspiracy theories that are going to boot. Actually, is it any wonder 
that young that we're struggling to get young referees through uh, into our game. If this is the fact that they're taking. And on the other hand, another wee quick point is there seems to be a narrative and uh, about going about as soon as Rangers hit a, a, a bit of poor forum, if if they call it poor forum, the the hounds are out, the actual bloodhounds are out. And uh, okay, I was listening to Hugh there for the last two hour there. I actually thought uh, the way Chelsea are playing now, they were in the quarterfinals of the European Champions League, and about sixteen points clear at the top. I mean, th- th- there seems to be a narrative to, that when we get a club at the top of the league, uh, we shoot them down. I think, I think, especially the referee one. I mean, the the one that actually gave John Beaton and Bobby Madden cut him a bit of slack. I mean, this is a, to me it looks a bit. Uh, I mean, the, the the way they're attacking these referees on their decisions. The Joe Aribo one the other week there was the same. The guy made a decision on the Joe Aribo to send it off with Ryan Porras. It was three or four days constantly in the, in the media. Three or four days. But John, John I, I, I don't want to bore people too much with this, but, but there are reasons for this. And it's convenient for, for maybe for you um, and for fans who are tweeting me something similar. The notion that you get is... That we only want to talk about it for four days, you know, because it's Rangers and that, and that somehow in its roundabout ways, some anti-Rangers thing. Look at the time frame of that, right? So, I think it was a, was it a Sunday game. I think, for instance, you're going to talk about it Monday, Tuesday afternoon. The appeal goes in, so you're going to talk about it again. Wednesday or Thursday, the appeal result comes out, so you talk about it again. Take this one today, Stephen Gerrard. Spoke about it today And he offered what you would call In the radio business A good sound bite about it today So that's what brings it back up I'll be honest See if Stephen Gerrard Hadn't spoken about that at his, at his press conference today I'm not sure we would have mentioned it on the show So The, the fact that it's still being spoken about th- There are other reasons for that Do, do you see where I'm going? No, well actually you've, you've actually Reiterated the, You've made my point there about, I've seen a tackle on Wednesday night At a Celtic Hibs game I watched that Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what coverage has that had in the media? Please, please enlighten me on it. What so, tackle? Wait, what tackle? Uh-huh. Are you serious? Are you de- de- deadly serious. Just, just provide me with a bit of detail, and that way we can move on. Ryan Portis against Callum McGregor. Right. Okay. Absolutely shocker. Right. So, so Absolutely. hold on. So, so what? So what's? So what's the? What's the theory here then? Why? Do, why are you so unhappy that that's not been given the coverage? Why am I? Not, why am I unhappy? Uh-huh. See that? See this? See the boy Portis? Right. Right, that is absolute shocking tackle on a Scottish international Celtic player. Right, but hold on a minute. So he got more coverage for a tackle on a Rangers player. So is that does that not blow your theory out of the water? No, no. Listen, forget the the Aribo tackle. I'm asking a simple question. You brought it up. I'm asking a simple. Yeah, there were plenty of coverage about that tackle. Right, right, and quite rightly so. I'm the same question. I'm going to ask you. Why are we not highlighting that terrible tackle? On Callum McGregor by Ryan well, well, Fine, Hugh actually did mention it earlier on And I will get him to elaborate But that's what I'm saying what, What's the theory here? What's the what's the conspiracy about there being more coverage of a tackle on Jory But because he got sent off for it And loads of people agreed with it um, So you're, you're a Rangers fan But you want more to be said about a tackle on Callum McGregor I, I just don't get what the theory is The theory is The theory is It has to be highlighted when it's wrong Wait, Across the board It has to be called out mm. for everybody Right. Yeah, Hugh, you did say that earlier on. Yeah, I do it again a, for Jones. There is a photograph uh, of Callum McGregor in this morning's newspapers examining his leg after the Porteous tackle, which has left him with two gashes in his leg. Uh, I think Porteous is a reckless player, uh, and you know, one day 
someone will get badly injured that he's got to not take it out of his game but he's got to be in greater control of himself I mean, uh, whether it's Aribo or Callum McGregor but to, to address John's core point about referees I don't know how old John is I know how old I am and rows about referees are as old as I am uh, in today's media driven world yes it gets far more coverage and tends to last a bit longer but Stories about referees are as old as the hills. And Marvin, it coincides every time you're on. <laughs> right, you, know, you phone up Ryan Porteous because at the last time you were on, it was something similar, and you obviously know him and, and you yep. worked with him. Um, and you, you feel maybe some of the stuff was over the top, but you know incidents like the other night it doesn't help, does it? Because it's just another one. It's another talking point. It's, it's it's one tad to the list. Yeah, but as I said, you know, when I was on the show last time, that's that's the way Ryan plays a game. You know, he's wholehearted. He's he's very very firm in the tackle. Um, and unfortunately, you know, when when players do tackle in that manner, sometimes they do hit the player. Is and there that, a difference between reckless and wholehearted though? Um, yeah, I, I think there is. I, I think there is. But I wouldn't listen. At times, I, I think some of the tackles you could say are reckless. I think he did another one in that game. Um, where he's actually taking the ball cleanly, but he does dive in. It's against Mikey Johnson. Paul McGinn holds him up. It's in the box, and Ryan Portress comes in at a great pace. And if he does miss the ball, then obviously he's in trouble again. Mm. I don't think he means to go out there to hurt people. Actually, I know he doesn't. You know, I know the boy personally. I just think he is a wholehearted player. And you know, again, twenty years ago, you know, people would have been lapping it up the tackles that he does do. But the game's moved on mm. since then, and maybe it is something you know with experience he has to take out of his game because you know he's gonna get more red cards but at this moment in time he's only had two red cards I mean you're always talking about his disciplinary record and it's not that bad for a centre half uh, John the, the other point was this kind, your kind of footballing point you know, you're saying why why so much negativity about a Rangers team at the top of the league and I think Marvin uh, said earlier he, he pretty much agrees with you a lot of it John seems to come from 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 fans though doesn't it I mean that we've had the fans on earlier saying that yeah yeah top of the league good but th- there's just something missing something that, that he's felt all season is that I take it you disagree with that no, no, actually, by the way, I thought my, Marvin's point was absolutely spot on. The, the, the standard that they set last year would be hard to be superseded. That, that was, that, that was his, his point was bang on. Mm-hmm. Plus, teams up their ante when they're coming now. So, Rangers fans have to be a wee bit more... The boy James there, you need to be a wee bit more realistic. Mm-hmm. We're top of the league. We're not playing exactly the way we were playing last year. That's obviously everybody to see. But we're still top of the league. <laughs> they come back. What they've had some... And, as they've turned in a, a performance the other night here with a wee bit of a fight and spirit and not to get back in the game. Maybe they shouldn't have been out of the game, that's fine, but that's just football for you. How confident are you you can stay there, John? I'm uh, very confident. Yeah. But what I will say is I'm old enough to remember you uh, when the referees nearly went in strike. So I'm not really that young, much younger than you, Shrew. So, But I remember when they nearly went in strike in this country not that long ago. And it was certain clubs, were forced. the referees were forced ha- hand to nearly go in strike. But, but can I just leave you with this wee point here? I'm just going out to Calvin now. I'm going to watch an academy game, Patrick Thistle and Morton, uh, and I'm going to have a, uh, have a wee good look and see how the referee performed tonight. Let's know. He's okay then. Good man. That was Take John uh, in Bridgeton. He used to be finishing, but he moved. No, it's just John in Bridgeton. I mean, I, I still remain a little bit confused because we're supposed to be leaving off referees and not making uh-huh. as much. But then we get accused of not making enough of Ryan Portis and Callum McGregor. I think the that Rangers, seems... the Rangers fans um, are. I, I mean, I've had a text from a, a good friend of mine who who completely disagrees with everything I've said. 
and that, uh, that's your friends you yeah. know that's, that just sums uh, up and, your and life agrees with the, the caller who was in the Sandy Garden stand who said that uh, Bates almost ripped the jersey off Sakala's back so uh, there you go Ah, there we go, indeed uh, Right, have you got any more on this teaser? Since the start of 2018, nine Scots have scored a top flight hat-trick in Scotland Nisbet, Griffiths and Forrest Gary Mackay-Steven? No, he just before it, I think actually, 2017 oh. Marvin. Lyndon Dykes? Yes I set out the hat-trick when I remember that one uh, Did you? you? What, what, who was the opposition? Uh, who was the opposition? I want to say I can't remember it that well No, it was a great, great touch Ran down the line, crossed it in <laughs> Miss Showed it. a turn of pace Miss it, right, okay, any more? Martin Boyle? No, it's Scottish. Well, yeah, yes, but he is. He's born in Scotland. Yeah, but if Dykes is, Boyle's not. You know why? Where, where was well, Dykes? Dykes was uh, born in. Uh, was he not born in Australia? I don't know. I'm just making. There we go. <laughs> I think he might not. Football nationality. That, well, that's, that wasn't the question. This, you're talking about educating me. Hold on, you've just included question. Lyndon Dykes. Well, so think about he it. He Scotland. Yeah, Martin, Martin Boyle, Boyle plays for Australia. But Martin Boyle nah, was born no, no, in Scotland. No, no. You need, no Turnbull, I'm not having it. Turnbull. Yes, well done. Okay, we'll leave it there. You've got. No, I've got one more. Wait, Lewis Ferguson. Wrong See you should have waited Honestly <laughs> This guy uh, Right You're at it uh, We've been working on something uh, Behind the scenes here uh, For a lot of the month You may already know Hope you already know November is Black History Month You might actually have seen A brilliant piece that James Tavernier And, and Martin did um, On Sky Sports recently It was part of a really powerful video uh, Before the St Mirren Rangers game On Sunday Um and so we've been working away behind the scenes here uh, Trying to find out a bit more about showing the impact That, that black players had in, in pioneering Scottish football back in the 1800s Our sports reporter Andrew McLean I spoke with Graham Campbell And now he's a Scots-Jamaican Glasgow City councillor And he's been able to shed some light on uh, Andrew Watson I figure you should know a bit more about A black footballer whose career in the 19th century Way back uh, Has only been um, discovered recently Let's hear a little bit about that Andrew Watson was the sort of gentleman professional. So, you know, in the era of gentleman sportsmen, he, as a son of a wealthy father from Demerara, Guyana, he excelled in everything, academically and sporting-wise. Before his time was out, he had been already the first uh, secretary of a club, Park Grove FC, which he put a lot of his own money into. He was the first black internationalist. He was the first uh, professional player, first amateur player uh, to play in the game at all in Scotland. He was the first to play in the FA Cup in Scotland and in the English FA Cup as well. He played the first black player to play both of those. He wasn't the first to score though, because that's uh, one of the other guys. But the he should have been much better known. And, you know, and obviously he's from the time before there was cinema for those film footage if we'd seen him play then perhaps he would have been a lot more famous and not forgotten if you look at the influence of people like andrew watson the discovery of of what he did people like gil heron do you think that can maybe give people comfort you know that, that football is is well and truly somewhere that not only black players and black people should be accepted but you know there was black players that are really pioneers of football in this country Absolutely right. When you know that black people pioneered the game, literally, uh, he was one of the top four or five players in the world, Andrew Watson was, at the time, uh, at his height of his game in the 1880s. Now, of course, he was a gentleman. That was the other thing. He is an educated gentleman. His advantages of class probably trumped his his racial origin in the end. Uh, that probably had a lot to do with it. And But if you weren't upper class, how did you get 
into the into these these hierarchies and structures, and that's the point. I think that's why you didn't see so many black people after that, because most black people who lived in the British Empire were working class. You know, they could have been seafarers, they could have been skilled mechanics, whatever, but they would have been excluded by not being gentlemen from accessing that that world. So I, I think that had a lot to do with it. His his class allowed him to rise above. The, the, the racial disadvantage he had Now like I say This is all part of Black History Month um, And we've been also speaking To Scottish Football Museum Curator Richard McBrearty About why we're only Rediscovering guys Like Andrew Watson now And other uh, Pioneering footballers Like Robert Walker It's always exciting When you kind of Come across discoveries And I was just Coming into the museum Really as, as Andrew Watson's Story was getting uncovered It was my predecessor Jed who was at the museum at the time who started to really kind of find out more information about Andrew and really started to realise that we had a black footballer playing at the height of Scottish football during a time when Scottish football was really shaping what would become the world game and that's an important thing to mention about Andrew Watson as well he was there at the very beginning as the Scots were dominating the game the emerging game so, so being part of the research team I think at that time and doing research early on and finding out more information about him particularly the kind of football prowess that he had was was quite exciting uh, Robert Walker was a tip <laughs> a few years ago um, one of my colleagues, uh, a Ford Lark fan at the time, um, he he'd, 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 he was a kind of uh, retired um, member of staff. He'd, 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 he kind of worked a full life and, and joined the museum because he was so passionate about football. And um, he was telling me then a story about supporting Ford Lark as a, as a young lad. And then he started to talk about uh, an article that he'd come across from the early 20th century talking about the early history of Ford Lark. And it mentioned the 1876 Scottish Cup final and mentioned a black footballer playing for for Lark. Now, because of our interest in Watson, we immediately became interested in, in Robert Walker's story. And, and so I was able to do a bit of research, found a, an early history of Scottish football, which is quite rare from the 1890s, and that corroborated uh, the fact that Robert Walker was indeed a black footballer. So, so we had another quite, quite a big find. And I just think it's quite remarkable. You, you know, you, you think about that early period of Scottish football, but Glasgow was it was a major city. It was a part of the empire at the time. It was a major link to the sea. So it traded across the world. So people from all over the world were coming to Glasgow. So maybe it's less of a surprise, actually, that Glasgow was, was quite cosmopolitan in some respects. And that, that, that it, was, it was a city that actually had, you know, footballers from, from different backgrounds and ethnic backgrounds playing within the city. And there you go. You learn something new every day. Let's take a breather. We'll get more of your calls. And these two better be on top form because they've got more answers to come up with next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're on the home straight. Marvin Bartley, Hugh Evans, and I on 0141-951-1025. Marvin Bartley, I mean, uh, an okay, but ultimately a losing performance on Beat the Pundit, but he's doing not too badly at all on this full-time teaser. Thanks again to Daniel in Norwich the address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com since the start of 2018 nine Scots have scored a top flight hat-trick in Scotland Turnbull Nisbet Griffiths Dykes adopted Scott of course and uh, James Forrest Vicky Clark nah not spent long enough in the Stevie top. May no Stevie McLean yes oh, that's that that's good knowledge well you know that is that's because that's the one I thought I'm you wouldn't get. Of the game, mate. <laughs> that's the one I thought you wouldn't get. Tony, what? No, no. 
Uh, told not, me he, he told me he was a goal scorer. Yeah, not, not that much of a student exactly. of the game, clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, Come so on, much I'm carrying you. Here. So much of a student of the game that he answered Paul Hanlon when I asked him for a club <laughs> in the, the top flight earlier. But there we go. Uh, funnily enough, right? Here's my tenuous link here. Right? You'd think I hadn't done this before. Um, we've got a tweet in from Ryan O'Donnell, and it's relevant as well because we know there's a big game between Motherwell and Rangers. He sent me an article of Graham Alexander saying that Tony Watt should be considered for the next Scotland squad. He scored two the other night, uh, scored at the weekend. Europa Linden Dykes is suspended, which I think is the key detail here as well. Would he be at least in the, the thought process? Yeah, I think he has to be. You know, as his man just said there, he's been in good form. Um, you know, he's, he's scoring more goals now, he's contributing more to the team. And why not? You know, um, will he be included? I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, I, I don't think, you know, I don't know Stevie Clark, but I don't think he wants to bring in a lot of new players. Yeah. You know, I think he likes the group that he mm-hmm. does have. Um, is Tony Watt going to go in there and play ahead of, you know, Che Adams or, you know, Ryan Christopher uh-huh. play there? Nisbet, I don't think so. That's what's probably important, Hugh, is, you know, it doesn't just happen overnight. You can't always just keep bringing in new people. If you were just to take it solely on this season, is Kevin Nisbet in dramatically better form than Tony Watt? Prob- no, probably, no, no. probably not. But as Marvin says, you're, you're, you're almost... You start at a disadvantage when you've not been there before. You know, uh, you need to really be surpassing the guys that are there. One at a left field, Ross Stewart, yeah, who's scoring goals for Sunderland. You know, um, where, where was he? Uh, Inverness Ross County. Ross, Ross County. County. Ross County. Yeah. Uh, I think he's nine goals so far this season for Sunderland. Johnny Russell is back doing great goal scoring things for, uh-huh. for Kansas. Um, if you were to second guess though, Marvin, because of the suspension to Lyndon Dykes, are you looking for someone that can get close to doing his role within the team? You know, say there was a a five foot five quick striker who had scored a couple. Is that a different proposition? Are you looking for someone that can maybe do that? You know, run channels, hold ball up, give defenders a nightmare. Will he try and fill it like for like? No, I don't think so. Um, I think he'll go for the best possible option. You know, whatever you contribute to the team, you contribute to the team. Obviously, they're not going to really find another Lyndon Dykes. They don't seem to be that. Another, you know, Scotsman out yeah. there can play. The but same way. Ross Stewart might be close, no, in terms of you know the stature and yeah, yeah. But can he run the channels like Dykes? I, I remember him playing more wide at Ross County. Yeah, he did. Um, didn't he? Yeah, and it did some great feet and everything else. But I just think, listen, if it, as an informed player and you want to bring them into the group, then then you know do so. But I don't think you can go out there and think right, mm-hmm. Lyndon Dykes suspended. Let's find another one. Just find the best player. That you can possibly find as an attacker and you know can contribute something to your team. Uh, right, let's look at some of the other fixtures tomorrow because again, just a great fixture card, oh. and I think that's just testament to how good the league is. We, we see it every week, so um, it, it shows you that teams are doing something right. Ross County Hibs seems like a good place to start because Marvin is an ex Hibs player, and Ross County burst into life the other night, winning five 0 Yeah, and not only that, the game I said they played against us, they were unlucky not to get a point. Um, you know, after that game kind of spoke to their coaching team and said they're not far away from, no. you know, doing something which they did do against Dundee. Um, they'll be full of confidence for this game. You know, obviously, I think they'll be looking at it thinking, right, if we couldn't stop Martin Boy, we've got half a chance. You know, the Ross County wingers, I was really, really uh, impressed mm-hmm. with uh, when we played against them. And you know, it's a game they'll go into. They know Hibs are under a bit of pressure, lost four in a row. It's probably not a better time to play them. How good was that free kick, Hongbo's free kick? Oh. It is outrageous, isn't Honestly, it? Honestly, every time you see it, you think, this guy can't shoot from here. <laughs> And then he just what a, what a goal! The goalkeeper's got absolutely no chance. You know, I played with Adam down at Leighton Orient, and I'd love to give him pelters about letting that in, but you couldn't. You know, no goalkeeper can save that fantastic free kick. And then you go on from what Ross County did at Dundee, and you take Dundee, who are coming down here to play St Mirren. 
Dundee have lost 23 goals in 11 games They've got the worst record in the mm-hmm. league uh, So if you start off on the basis that you lose two goals every game you play uh, They're up against it tomorrow The morale must be a low ebb And uh, St Mirren looking to regain their winning ways So big day for James McPake I mean look this is football And especially modern football As guys have, have been speaking about And, and the way things get you know, swing from one week to the next there's, There always has to be a crisis club There, there just has to be it, it was Aberdeen And they've shaken it off What about your old team Hibs at the moment? Because they've gone from Unbeaten and, and lots going for them To getting a bit of criticism now Yeah, they have You know, it is a big club I mean, only three weeks ago You know, Hibs were flying high mm-hmm. Near the top of the league So, you know, football changes very, very quickly What they do need to do They need a result There's no doubt about that Tomorrow they need a win To, you know, climb back up the league I think they're they're sitting 15 points And then there's a little bit of a gap To Dundee United And I think the frustration For the Hibs fans is Seeing Hearts up there You know, seeing Hearts third in the league And being behind them Listen, if Hearts were below Hibs There wouldn't be nearly as much pressure On Jack Ross as the boys boys right now Uh, That is a fair point And of course the other high flyers Are are Dundee United Going absolutely uh, brilliantly On 21 points Still one point behind um, Celtic Everyone's making You know Understandably Celtic can go top tomorrow And all the rest of it Well Dundee United Can can certainly go level On 24 points uh, With Rangers And they're at home To St Johnson Hugh Yeah but, but, you know, It's like a Good North East Derby uh, I would like to call that one Because uh, I think St Johnston Always resolute uh, they haven't had the kind of run that uh, Callum Davidson might have expected on the back of two trophy wins last season but uh, I wouldn't like to call that one even though Tam Courts and Dundee United have been going great guns but what about Aberdeen Hearts? You know, after oh, after Aberdeen's performance at Ibrox uh, and a win in the, the match which came before that they're entitled to go into that match I think tomorrow with uh, very good backing from the crowd Little disappointed in the Aberdeen attendances. Maybe that's explained by the long run without a win. But I think they'll be back tomorrow, the fans. And Hearts will have fans. And uh, that's an outstanding fixture as well. Hearts still unbeaten. The only team yeah. in the Premier League unbeaten. Uh, but when Bruni meets Craig Gordon... It'll be some afternoon uh, Yeah I think he enjoyed his night At Ibrox the other night Didn't he It's a <laughs> yeah. bit of an understatement Yeah he enjoyed the knee slide As well didn't he <laughs> Honestly I've not seen many of them uh, But that is an interesting one Is it Again qu- talking about The quick turnaround Is it shown that All the worry All the, the scrutiny On Aberdeen Was maybe a little bit Premature Of course You know And as I said you know, We're all football fans In here as well And you always want The best for your team And you always want to win You know yesterday And you know Aberdeen look to I've, I've kind of turned the corner now But you know Tomorrow's a, a huge Huge game for them For me Hearts have been Mightily impressive when we played against them, sorry, big game. Right, three more on this teaser. Let's go. Go on, Marv. Callum McGregor. No. Nope. <sighs> um. Okay. Um, Give us a clue. One is now not playing, but he's on the coaching staff. It's not you. Stephen Don't Naismith. Be ridiculous. Yes, Naismith. Stephen Naismith. Oh, Hugh, I love that. Uh, okay, two more. One uh, has recently left our top flight to go to the English Championship. In quite high profile circumstances Yes Ryan Christie You were a dream act me And the last one He's Not played in a couple of years But he was probably about 42 When he did it He was Kept going right till the end He's fit as a fiddle As we No (laughs) Not Davey Weir no Um, Fit as a fiddle He was in here recently Hugh 
He was standing about a metre away from me on Tuesday Come on Hugh It's not Gordon DL either Oh You can't know his name This is awkward Hugh uh, <laughs> Kenny Miller Kenny Miller <laughs> We got there today He was literally standing there on Tuesday night Anyway thank you Marvin Bartley A pleasure as always I, I, I don't even know how to wish you well tomorrow I'll just get accused of all sorts So we'll just leave it right Have a nice Send day a Whatever happens uh, Hugh Keevans Merry Christmas Bob. We'll see you tomorrow George is up next with the GBX